Look up there in the sky. It's a bird, a plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Hank. One Henry. One Fortnite Lady Discussion of Comics and Nerd Culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, Lish, Geek, and Writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. This is episode 231. So let's start talking about Tremors. All right. So it's in the middle oh. of it's in the middle of the desert. Starts oh, goodness. <laughs> for those for those that don't know. Robbie is flabbergasted that I've never seen the Kevin Bacon movie Tremors because I don't watch every single B movie that has ever existed. I just I I assumed everyone on Earth who grew up roughly the same time period we did and had access to basic cable. I did not I did not get to watch a lot of it because my dad always was watching television. Did he not like (laughs) he he watched whatever he wanted? Not the Superstation? Didn't want to watch the Superstation. No, that was mm-hmm. not his deal. I don't know what I don't remember what he watched in, in when I was a kid. But now all he watches is movies from the 30s and 40s because he's very odd. That's I mean, sounds that's a, that's not. I don't think that's exclusively like him. It just seems a lot of people are. Yeah, they parents. didn't make that. They didn't make that whole network that's just that just for him. No, they did it for they can't all the people it like that way. Like yes. all the people like him who. They stopped making art after 1945. Mm-hmm. You cannot yeah. experience anything else afterwards. And let me tell you, the predatory advertisements that are on television oh, God. will fucking shock you. <laughs> like, I, there's someone's fucking inheritance is getting stolen by people that are making goddamn television commercials. How the fuck are we going to stop this? America is in trouble. America's in trouble. Hi, Handsomites. Hey, hey, comic books. Hey, Handsomites. We are discussing Upgrade Soul by Ezra Clayton Daniels later on. Hence the Hank and Henry, two characters from that comic book. You got a fat neck, Hank. Does he even have a neck? To be fair, he's he's got a fat. He's got got a fat neck, according to Cotton. He's a potato man. I always wanted a son named Hank. This is going to be good, Hank. <laughs> G.H. for short. Oh, God. Cotton Hill. I got, I, I got Cotton Hill quotes for days. <laughs> Hell oh. of a nasty. God, Cotton Hill. Uh, we'll be talking about that later. Before we get there, though, we have comic books that came out much more recently to talk about, Eric. Okay. Okay. Uh, we can get right into it. It's time for Floppies Fortnightly. Floppies Fortnightly is where Eric and I will read a selection of the past couple weeks' books tell you to buy or do not buy them with a mush meter goes one to five if we're feeling mushy about our thoughts. Our first book is Daredevil, number one, written by Chip Zdarsky, art Marco Cicchetto, Sullers, colors Sunny Go, with letters Clayton Cowles. You remember Daredevil? That guy. Matt Murdock? Mm-hmm. Old double M. Yep. Double D and double M. Mm-hmm. Um, he... We have, there's th- there's been things happening with Daredevil. Multiple like miniseries have been happening, and I we just have not been reading them because I'm I'm basically just waiting for this, 
Like I'm like I know some. Where, when are we gonna get to the actual Daredevil comic book? Not the five issue Daredevil comic book that is just gonna lead to this thing. Mm-hmm. So it's led to this thing. We're at number one again. Now with Chip Zdarsky at the helm, um, at least writing. What do you think, Eric? It it it's it's complicated because I like it and I know that it's good. I don't know why I'm not excited by it. I don't. It's not sexy. It's, I feel like I feel like it. Well, I, I don't know. I think it depends on how. Maybe the concept isn't sexy. I mean, I don't know. It's got it's it's got Matt Murdock like banging women at bars. I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I, it, it feels. I, I think maybe after the how incredibly good Daredevil season one and two was on Netflix. This feels so paint by the numbers Daredevil. It's like it's it's like it's doing it's like it's remixing what's already been done. But I mean he's he's doing a good job. Like I like it. I like I don't know the thing that interests me the most is how he's dealing with the healing and he almost gets killed by three guys. But even that we've seen before you know there's there's not a lot i'm that's unique here i we, we are this is not uh, the only book that i i i i understand i feel the same way it's not the only book we read this this episode that i feel that way about mm-hmm. um but i i think it it hinges on the book like the big cliffhanger at the end of the issue is not it's kind of subtle it's not done it's it's very much like oh daredevil killed a dude yeah by, by accident maybe i like i don't you know he's fighting for his life because he literally thought he was going to get killed by three you know just three low-level thugs which is not a daredevil thing daredevil you know he goes up against much tougher guys than just some three randos and the book doesn't paint it paints Daredevil. like i think i one i like it is a remix of a lot of established ideas of from daredevil and this is definitely this is definitely a book for people who have never read daredevil before mm-hmm. because if you haven't read any daredevil before this is a great introduction to the character uh it it looks great it's chip sadarsky it continually impresses me as a writer yeah, it, it's it's stunning because he acts like such a dumb fuck and writes such stupid shit. And I don't know, the guy's quite smart and competent. Yeah, in like in in the way pages look and how uh, the, the storytelling works. And I also all the credit to the artist who does a shadow manager. Shadow does a great job. I think the book looks really good. Um. It's not, it is very much like, it's a kind of a simple conflict of, here's this, things we've seen from Daredevil before, and because this, because the, the drama of this is, like, simply, and that's why, like, that's why I like it a lot, I think. That's why what draws me in is the fact that all the, the thing that is, the hook of this book is, Daredevil killed a dude. Mm-hmm. And because it's, like... I don't know if it's going to turn out to be impactful or change the character or anything, but I feel like it is a a great place to start with how do you explore Daredevil the character. 
And it because it's so simple, because it's such a low level thing. Yeah, Kingpin's around. He's the mayor. There's a new cop who doesn't deal, who will not put up with vigilantes very clearly. Um, and I kind of hope it stays that way. I kind of hope he's just a cop because, you know, like, I feel like I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. Oh, yeah, he's he's being paid by the kingpin or he's secretly a villain or like there's, I you know, a dozen other permutations of like a twist. I kind of just want that guy to stay a cop who doesn't want to put up with vigilantes on the street and Daredevil having to reckon with the fact he murdered someone because he wasn't he wasn't careful. Mm-hmm. And I think because the stakes are kind of that, that simple thing of like. Of, of addressing the fact that, yeah he's brutally beating people and once eventually someone's gonna die when he does it and the uh, a lot of daredevil we've read and the daredevil show on netflix it, it kind of just glosses over that fact of like yeah at least i'm not the punisher etc etc but there are multiple times when why didn't that guy die because the show told us to show told us that he didn't hit him hard enough with that metal rod I'm like, you hit someone in the skull with a metal rod, they're going to die. It's not, it, people are fragile. It doesn't take a lot to kill someone. And I, that's why this, I like, you're, there's nothing, there isn't anything like truly original in it. It's very, it's daredevil through and through. But because that the stakes are, he killed the guy and that is it. It doesn't try and be more than that. I want to see where it goes. Yeah. Like, our brains are merging. I, I basically agree with everything you said. Everything's going according to plan. I know. Step two with the merging brains. One of us has to look like a potato. Don't don't spoil the second half of the podcast. <laughs> I'm a buy on Daredevil number one. Straight up. Yeah, I'm a little. <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe a one on the mush meter, just, just for all of my reservations. You know, it mm-hmm. is a good book. It's fucking beautiful. They threw some, they threw some art muscle at this book, and it is, it is goddamned gorgeous. And that I, I don't know. It is, yeah. It's been said. We know where we're at. That's a one on the mush meter. Buy it. Okay, double buy. Daredevil number one with this. Uh, that's a mush meter of point five. Next up is Uncanny X Men number eleven, written by Matthew Rosenberg, art Salvador Larocca, colors Ra- Rochelle Rosenberg, with a couple backup stories, um, with art by John McRae, colors Mike Spicer, art Juan and Ramirez, and colors again Rochelle Rosenberg, letters Joe Hermanya. This book feels like i should i should love this yeah i know what you mean i should love this comic book i love cyclops i was really bummed when he died i knew he'd come back eventually here we are um i like you know i i i like the idea of a cyclops story like this kind of Cyclops story, like it's not young. It's not original five Cyclops. It's it's this is Cyclops. This is Scott Summers, the the one we know, and it has I it also hey hey Wolverine's here too. Just let you. That's what this book. That's why I we are reading this book is because literally it's hey this is the book where Cyclops and Wolverine are both back from the dead together. And they meet again. That's the reason we read it. I just. 
I don't know what it is. It's just not a, doing much for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I I can like I can pick it some reasons that have kind of broken down. One, I we haven't been fought like, the five X Men books you have to read to understand. Like yeah, yeah they again all the X Men are dead. Like that's the whole thing of this story is Cyclops trying to figure out where the X Men are. Uh, where where do they go? They were in a war. They got a battle. They almost they all died, quote unquote. And where are the rest of them? And so he's going all, all the blindfold and Jamie Majrox and Callisto and Chamber down in the sewers. And now we got a mutant vaccine going on for. I just like I we've seen the mutant vaccine story before when the Captain America is here and he's like, "Hey, Scott." Why are you fighting people? I'm like, <laughs> why are you doing the thing that we knew you would do? Why are you doing this? And the fact that yeah, this is the 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 literal issue starts off with the, all the like it states boldly. Here are the tropes of X Men stories. Mm-hmm. And this and it boldly states this is the last X Men story. First, you're lying to me because it's not. Is this a bullshit cover? I don't... I mean, kind of. Yeah. That's, no, a, that's like a deep cut at this point. It is a deep cut in our the the podcast lore. It is not a bullshit cover. I think it's fairly accurate uh, for what the feel of this book. But I I don't need... I, I none of, Nothing in this comic book, maybe that's just it, is like I'm totally on board with Cyclops and Wolverine in the last four pages of this thing, killing a bunch of Reavers or whatever. Like, that's awesome. And, like, reuniting in the ashes of uh, the Xavier School. That's awesome. Mm. I don't need to see him trying to track down people. I don't know why they're killing off Blindfold for all... for Why Blindfold? Like, it just feels needless. Like, why are we killing this... She's... Oh, and then we get the actual story of her dying. And I'm like, I don't... I don't... It doesn't make it any more palatable to me. Like, I can't... I... I just can't get excited about this. I maybe I, I like I literally had the thoughts like, am I just past X Men now? Is this the thing that doesn't work on me anymore? It does seem that every X Men story just kind of fails. I I don't know. I have a vague interest here. I find parts of this compelling. Um, I am quietly interested in this, but yeah, there's there's so much that. You know, like you said, the vaccine, all this stuff that, that we've seen, like it, 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 I don't know. I'm not compelled. Like it, it seems to present itself like this is a, this is a real game changer of a story. And it still just feels like, oh, well, here's, here's another reheated X-Men, you know, pile of ideas. Yeah. And it's very much, I had, you know, it's a thing that I, th- I think we're, the X-Men don't work like they used to, I think. And one, I fully acknowledge, I've read a lot of X-Men in my life, and I've seen these ideas over and over and over again. And so they're not as impressive to me, and I don't really... The Wolverine and Cyclops is cool, back together. I'd read a whole comic book like this, and maybe the next one's like that. Or maybe it's mm-hmm. enough... It's another preamble or whatever. But the X-Men, they can't work like they used to, either. Like, it's not mm. just, there's more than just me. I know some of it accounts to personal taste and and experience. But it for, in when the X-Men first were created, 
and through the 70s, through the 80s, up through even like the 90s, even. They were a clear, clear analog, a clear metaphor for oppressed minorities of other types. Like, in the 1960s, we can't have an all-minority superhero team and have them face injustice. But So we have white, five white kids who are different, who are oppressed for other reasons. And then and you, you, they've changed it over the years, but that has always been the central metaphor of the X-Men is uh, oppressed minorities, and we explore themes of that through this lens. I don't think you can do that in 2019 anymore. You can't do that story with a straight face. Like, you can't just say, oh, they're oppressed mutants. I'm like, you have to, you have to, I think, shift the team to mean something a little bit different. One, because it's the same story has been told a hundred times about oppressed mutants. And then yet they're still here. Like, I'm fully aware of these 60 years of history the X-Men have had, and they're still around. Um, but they, you, if you want to tell a story of oppressed people, you just use the the type of like the other characters that now exist in the Marvel universe. You know, pe- characters of color or of different sexualities or you know whatever permutation you want to you want to tell the story about. You just use them because they exist. There are gay characters in the Marvel universe. There are black characters and, and brown characters and any any all kinds of stripes and, and creeds. It it doesn't you don't need to cage it in some a mutant metaphor. And like it doesn't like I think it's stretched past the point of credulity when you have Captain America sitting there and he's like, why do they love Captain America? But they don't like Cyclops. He, they have powers. Captain America's way more powerful just because Captain America's a good guy. He just wasn't. Look, at, he was in secret. He was just a very bad guy. And mm-hmm. they trust him now? Why? Like, it doesn't, it, it just, it stretches, like, my 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 suspension of disbelief. I'm like, I, wh- you gotta make it more, you have to stretch it through every book in the Marvel Universe if you're gonna do this. Because I, I don't, you have to... I, I think you have to do the extra legwork to make it make sense. And I'm not, I can't, I, think, I can't follow it. I think, I think X-Men, it all, it also kind of suffers from that Spider-Man problem, you know, in that, how, how do you tell something that is interesting and new, but also is of, you know, it's of this canon. It's cut from the same cloth and, I mean, we've read so many bad X-Men stories lately, and it's interesting that they can't seem to put it right. Um, I, I don't I don't I don't know. What, I don't I, I don't think this is bad, as bad as many of the things that we've read for X-Men. I don't think it's bad, but I don't do think that it's mostly I don't I I don't. I feel like it's filler again. I feel like I'm not getting. Yeah. I'm not getting to the thing I want. Here's the other thing, Eric. I want to tell. I'm gonna might change your opinion. This book cost eight dollars. Yeah, eight dollars is too much. That definitely. They definitely need to. You need to get a rebate on this book. Like I, I don't. That think, shit needs to. That shit needs to come with a, a fucking toy. Well, that's the the. 
The backup stories aren't bad, but they are literally the same story just told through different perspectives. And I don't, I didn't find the the first story that necessary that I need to see it through the the, the through the eyes of Wolverine and Blindfold. Mm-hmm. I and I don't know why you kill Blindfold for she's seeing the future. Like, really? She this is the worst future she's ever seen. She has to kill herself over it. Literally, like, the future, the normal future of the X-Men is Bishop and Jamie Madrox himself and Cable, like, getting brutally thrown into labor camps and executed. And somehow she's seeing something that's even worse than that? I, I don't know. I, I, it's not bad. I think the all the art in it is good. I don't think the writing mm-hmm. is necessarily even, I wouldn't call it bad, but it doesn't feel worth my eight dollars i don't feel like eight dollars worth of stuff happened in this comic book oh lord no even with the backup stories this is a this is a fucking 2.99 book for eight dollars i could go buy the first two trades of saga you could buy two-thirds of the movie tremors i would rather see two-thirds of the movie tremors than read this comic book again I'm a do not buy. It's not that it's bad. It's just it's not worth eight dollars. Yeah, I think that the I, th- I think it's worth considering where that uh, that that price point is. So I th- I think I uh, I agree with you. High five. That's a double do not buy. Uncanny X Men number eleven. Next up is X Force number two, written by Ed Brisson, art Dylan Burnett, colors Jesus Abertov, Abertov, letters Corey Pettit. Like this is I like this, Eric. Hey, this is I fun. like I like this. Yes, it's this is fun. this is fun. It's got good energy. God, I love this artist. I fucking love this artist so much. He had he had we had read uh, a book he had done called Interceptor previously, like years ago at this point. But that's where where I knew him from from the last issue. I knew I'd recognize him. But yeah, the art is great. It it perfectly captures the feel of this book, mm. the the tone of kind of really dumb action movie with you know it it has it's well paced. You understand the stakes. The the it, this issue deepens the villain's backstory to a certain extent. It has Ahab in it. The big wasn't what was Ahab the villain in semi recently. I do not know. Ahab is, Ahab is not a character that was on my radar. I, I remember you scoffing about Ahab relatively recently. I'm like, all right. He's another one of those, like, 80s, 90s X-Men villains who you were like, oh, right, that guy. That's, <laughs> that's, he's, that's stupid. That's perfect. <laughs> You're telling me there's a stupid comic book character. I mean, they're all kind of the the guys like Ahab are all kind of the same. They're all kind of like they all have the same MO. Like Nimrod the Hunter is also like Ahab a little bit. He's also like Mr. Sinister a little bit. And, you know, they're all kind of like not too far removed from each other. Um I don't know. This is full of shooting and slicing and punching. It has a lot of, you know, interesting like the they we need to rescue mutants it's just a thing that it's not the focus of the book it is just hey it's a thing that's happening we need to save these people um 
there's some there's some weird mystery going on like who's supplying these guns i think it's cable i'm not sure or bishop maybe it's it has to be one of the bad x-men i one of the x-men from the future i assume is giving these people guns these advanced weapons but because itself it's contained it's it understands its bounds which i think is a problem with the uncanny x-men book is that it's kind of like hey it's the entire universe is like this this book is just like hey this one country is bad we're in there to try and save people. They're not trying to like extrapolate to everyone on earth hates mutants, which I think is, is, you know, having constraints and bounds to the scope of your story is important. And the art again is amazing. It's so good. It's, it's, it's full of action and, and, and like kinetic energy. It leaps off the page at you. I'm a buy. Oh, Lord. Yep. Double buy on X-Force number two. Next up is Young Justice number two. Yeah. Script, Brian Michael Bendis, art, Patrick Gleason, and Emmanuel Luke Pacino. Inks, Ray McCarthy on pages nine through 18. Colors, Alejandro Sanchez. Letters, Josh Reed. This one didn't blow me away the way that the first one did, but... No. The, um... Even I've forgotten her name. Is it Wonder Girl? What is she? I, I liked all that. All her stuff is cute in this book. She's a fun character, but there's not a lot in here other than I, some kind of fluffy backstory. I I am turned off by this issue. Outright turned off by it. I don't think it's that bad. I think you really... You want you want to be mad at Bendis? Yeah, yes. Where did where did where did show me on the doll where Bendis touched you? It's up in my brain parts. Okay, I that first issue felt jam packed. It felt like Mm -hmm. every page was important and exciting, and something new was happening every single time. And this is, I I. I harp on Bendis a lot, but this, I can see, like, there's a book, a page here, where, uh, uh, you know, Wonder Girl, Princess, whatever her name is, the one that they never knew her name, or Zatanna, I believe her name is, uh, they, it's just a page of her talking to a police officer, and then she eventually has, goes to a conversation with Zeus, and we get to the part where she turns down, and that takes six pages, for yeah. her to have this conversation with Zeus, him offer her a necklace, we don't know what it is, her to say no. Why does that take six pages? Why are we having an entire page of them having a dialogue on a truck with someone pointing a shotgun at her? Like, I, the, this, and like, hey, that gem world looks really cool. There's this weirdo guy called Lord Opal who gets his own font treatment. Why aren't we spending more time with what's happening versus. Oh, she got offered a gem necklace. That's really important. So we're going to spend eight pages on it. Like, I don't, I love that first issue so much. One, it was gorgeous. And this is a fill-in artist. Two. This still looks really good. It looks really good. But. It does not look like the last book. No. At all. And I feel you there. It still looks very good. I, but I don't. Why do it's I? It's not. It's it. Uh, it's fine. Do I need? Okay, Eric. I'm going to tell you. Uh, ask you a question. If I pick up issue three 
after issue one and not read this one. Is there anything that happens in here that I missed out on? That I misunderstood that I'm going to miss and not know the, the information? In general, no. This is th- this is basically all character development for. Uh, why the fuck do I keep forgetting? What the fuck is she? Wonder Girl. Yeah, it's such a. It's like trying to remember No Reservations, the Anthony Bourdain show. It's just, or not even No Reservations. See, I forgot. I forgot it. It's called Parts Unknown. The name is so nothing you just can't commit it to memory. Um, what the fuck was I saying? Why don't I know words, Robbie? <laughs> you were saying that it was all character development and something. Yeah, it, it it's it's it is like the whole book is just like about her character and her choices. But like you could tell all of this in one and a half pages and get to more scenes. It's just it is. It's too fluffy. There's too much air in it. There's too many beats that are written. This is this is like five minutes of a film, if that. And it would be cut. I'm Maybe. It wouldn't be as bad. You could do this scene in a movie like it's written like it is a movie. But uh, this is not a fucking movie. It's a, it, this this so is a wh- god dang comic book. I, Hank. I, I'm well. I Yes, I know, Eric. That's why I don't like that first issue goes when I read good. Good Venice issue. I go. Yeah, this is great. This is great. Mm-hmm. Everything's happening. It's moving quick, and you could tell he's trying. And then it settles back into this, and this is—it's going to be like this until another first issue of an arc, because this is just filler. This is his, this is the formula. He goes, okay, the big thing that happens is issue one and issue four. I don't, but it has to fill. That's going to fill four issues. I got to get to issue four. That happens. Let's fill it up with people arguing about pickup trucks and necklaces for six pages. Let's take this dynamic artist and have him just draw people floating above a bridge. Mm-hmm. And breathing and saying, deal with it, Gramps. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, I, I'm a do not buy. I don't, this is what I don't want. Like, we look at X-Force, which we just talked about. Every page is is delivering action. And like, even when it isn't like, hey, this is necessary to the story, it is, it's kinetic and, and, and exciting to look at. Uh, there's a reason for everything on there yes there this is this needs some fat trimmed i don't know this is this this is this is an anime filler episode you can you can skip it i'm still invested in the story i just don't care about this issue i really like this character though it's it does kind of pain pain me to see a very tepid issue about her because I think she's very cute and very fun. Hey, that's a do not buy? Yeah, I just want it to be better. Double do not buy Young Justice number two. Next up, Heroes in Crisis number five, written by Tom King with art by Clay Mann. With... I am so checked out of this story. Did you finish the credits? I did not finish the credits. It says I. It also does not list the credits in a like it, they're written on a pizza box, literally, on this <laughs> like literally, literally written on a pizza box. With uh, it says more pages eight, twelve, and thirteen letters by Clayton Cows. Bless their heart. Mm-hmm. This, there it is. Um, 
it's I don't I don't yeah I it's losing focus like this like hey Blue Beetle and 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 uh what's his face why can't I remember his name Eric help booster 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 gold they're yeah I like them together they're fun fun times together they're just sitting around on the couch drinking beer. And they're like, hey, we should do this really dumb idea. We should do really do this dumb idea. And it works and that's great. And I like I like this I the the idea of, you know, Superman delivering this big mm-hmm. monologue and talking about who what heroes are and stuff. But it, like it feels like I'm losing what this story is. Like, isn't this a mystery? This is a mystery about who killed those those who killed those characters. And I don't know what I know. I know that Batgirl and Harley and Booster and the and and Blue Beetle are both trying to solve the murder in their own way. But I this is the first issue where I go. I don't like even the 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 non essential quote unquote stuff in the previous issues. I got this is I still like it, but I'm not sure what some of this is supposed to be telling me if like in this this thing this the series was extended multiple issues from its initial solicitation and i don't know why like after reading this issue because some of it doesn't doesn't feel like it needs to exist again and i don't know if i feel like it's losing focus like i'm losing i I know what the story. I've, I've read every issue. We've read every issue, mm-hmm. but I kind of am losing. Like, what's going on again? Why are they going? Why are the two teams going after this murder? Like, why do they need to do this? I don't. I think for for all these reasons and more, I'm I am I am so checked out on it. Like, I, ugh, I, it's not bad, but it's sin is i just i no longer give a shit you know the 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 time bomb that was set so long ago like i just don't care anymore and, yeah and I, it's it's not kept me interested in that it's not i i, I mean maybe like you say like, you know loss of focus m- maybe maybe that's a good way to characterize it because i i just i don't give a fuck and it and it's has a non-ending i don't i don't like i feel like the ending is like oh it's another nine panel page with harley talking about getting beat up by the joker and yeah i get it it's about this the whole thing's about trauma and all that but i I don't you're not the dots are not being connected and maybe this whole thing that it it will read better in trade like Mm. because like uh, you know you read all the the, it doesn't mean anything oh this is the last issue of a a last page of an issue because you're just reading the next issue um right afterwards but it doesn't have much punch and i'm like i'm still i still want to know what this like this i've seen more and more criticism this book being ripped apart i don't know if the i wouldn't call the book itself terrible like some people screaming about how bad it is People really hate Tom King now. I guess so. I don't know why, really. He's. I imagine his sales are still pretty good, but people, I don't know. Like, if you, mm, the social media is a machine to monetize negativity. I so I yeah. I don't know. I I'm. I don't love everything Tom King's written, and that's. Guess what? As you write more things, 
no one's gonna write ever no one writes everything the is the best thing on earth every mm-hmm. everyone writes duds it's not it's not a bad thing it's just a thing that happens it's just this issue is like yeah man like i still think i'm like i'm i like the series but this issue feels eh, eh, I, like, oh, not this necessary is, this is this is officially like if i had I, I don't remember if i was a buy or do not buy on the last issue or not but you were a mushy buy i believe i i i'm i'm so done i'm checked out this is a thing that I could not possibly read this week to week or month to month, whatever. This is clearly not good in this format at this point. I was just, I was frustrated issues ago, but there was enough to, you know, to keep compelling me forward. I, this is a trade or nothing. I, I, I just, I don't enjoy reading it. I'm not any person. Yeah, I think I'm a do not. I I don't know. I think I'm a do not buy on this issue. Like, I don't think it feels. It doesn't feel essential like the other issues have. I liked all of them up until this point, and I don't want to go split. I don't want to go mushy on it. Like I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I would be. I feel like it's not. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think that's a double. I, it is. It is honestly just not that good, and that's okay. I think it looks good still. I like Clayman a it, lot. It, it does look good. This one's a little less horny than the yeah, last. Much less that horny. Last book. Oh my god! It was very horny. It was very horny, and this the the that's coming from me. <laughs> I I I appreciate some good horny art. I think that was not the right place for it. <laughs> right. I agree. Largely. Anyway, that's yeah. double do not buy Heroes in Crisis number five. Next up is Female Furies, number one, written by Cecil Castellucci, or Cecil Castellucci, illustrated Adriana Mello, colors hi-fi, letters Carlos M. Mangual. So, I feel like I I can't not read this as furries. I'm sorry. I'm flawed in that way. Bitch Planet in the Fourth World. Yeah. I, I don't think this book is perfect. I think it has. I I do. I enjoy it way more the way you just described it. I would have just described it as as it's it's weak sauce feminism one hundred one in the fucking new gods universe. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think that's. I like. I was reading it by the end of it. I'm like, this is just this is bitch planet, but in Kirby Kirby verse, like in the in yeah. the new gods, and. I like Bitch Planet. I don't. I think because it's. I. It, it's interesting. Like it's strange, and I think it's kind of awkward at times and a little, little heavy-handed. Although Bitch Planet is also heavy-handed, so I don't know. I like Bitch Planet a lot. Um, heavy. Ha- I mean, Bitch Planet is is borrowing from heavy-handed like exploitation like, movies. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's like that's the language that it's written in. So I think to be big and dumb and corny and and writ large, and they say things like you're getting a citation for fucking um, uh, what was it they said like appearance mm-hmm. something I don't what whatever it was that they're basically saying that that she's not attractive enough so she's getting a ticket or she's going to prison or whatever like a, a dumb idea like that works in bitch planet because it is trying to be exactly that and 
it's kind of doesn't work if you try and put that in an established thing like if you were doing feminism 101 and the ninja turtles or something like it just <laughs> is it's it fucking doesn't work it's weird i i really love barda and like the furies and granny goodness were just like i mean i wasn't even fucking aware of those characters until we read mr miracle and that's the part of this that i enjoy i like this backstory i like parts of what they're trying to say that they're going through mm-hmm. but part of it is all it's just i don't know they have a fucking beauty contest and they're literally judging them and telling them to smile and it's like this is this is i don't know this is not what a comic book this is not what a dc comic book should be this is this is uh, <laughs> It's about half right. I don't know. Like parts of it are good and parts of it are just like this is this is too much. I it's also it's also a thing that I've seen on social media I over the week over since it came out and there was infam- there already has been a a 4 out of 10 review from a comics reviewer. Mm-hmm. Uh and it got a lot of attention on 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 Twitter and Every woman who reads it and talks about it online really likes it. And then then you have the four out of ten comic book reviewer who's a dude and blah blah you know, blah blah like I I don't I think some of it is clunky and weird, and I don't think I think part of it is that I don't think of the fourth world as like a entirely masculine misogynistic universe like if this took place in like the world of brigade you know rob some rob liefeld book or something like that i think i'd be more receptive to it but yeah trying to frame it around jack kirby's creations and jack kirby was not by any stretch a a misogynist at least not especially for his time period from when he came when he was creating comics so when you bolted on to this universe is that's i think where i right i think I mean, that's the thing that is that makes me like push away a little bit like you said bitch plan is framed around exploitation movies so yeah. speaking that language makes it more palatable i i think what you're even driving at i'll kind of do my my spin on it that like patriarch it's cultural patriarchy is right and that was the whole premise of what Bitch Planet was. It's like, here is this universe that is like fucking hyper space patriarchy. And this is taking an established, like, weird culture that we don't know anything about and saying, but yeah, it's also super patriarchal. And it's fucking weird that it's like that. Like that, it it doesn't really. I don't know what you're driving at there. It doesn't really make sense to do that with these characters. Like I like the idea of using these furies as icons this way. Like that's neat. That's fun. Like they're fucking cool characters, and it's nice to. <laughs> It's nice to see them like I use in a way to stand up against stuff like this, sure. But like 
I don't know. Is there is there evidence that fucking Darkseid is this kind of person? I have never seen Darkseid as anything but fucking asexual. Yeah. Where he's going to ask for for fucking like sexual favors from Granny Goodness. Like that's a weird choice to me. I I think like that's the thing. I don't I've never thought of Darkseid as sexual at all. I thought of him as mm-hmm. wanting only one thing and that is power and, yeah. and that's it and destruction you know like that's all he cares about domination but it, i don't yes. never thought of it as sexual domination maybe that's what they're getting at i don't know all the criticism aside i still like this i like that it's weird i like the art i i would happily take books like this over another you know hey let's just reboot a comic book and make it the same like this is weird and not clunky at times but i'd i like the i like it taking a chance i like it like is this what is this what dc is gonna if this is like dc going like hey we're gonna put people on weird stories in new gods in the fourth world like mr miracle was one and this is another one and like none of them are necessarily canon you know they're just using these characters and telling weird different stories with them and like i'm sure there's people who love new gods and fourth world who think mr miracle is is not if if this is decidedly not canon i feel better about it i don't i don't think it is because mr miracle's not canon i don't think this is either i it affects how i feel about it like if this is just like a weird what if universe and it's a thought experiment then I think that's fine. If this is like an actual end story and you're changing Darkseid's character this way, may I mean maybe I'm fucking wrong. I haven't read, you know, 100 trillion years of of DC history to know if he's actually done this before, but looking at looking at comics history and how in general asexual it was, you know, in in like the golden silver ages, I don't think Dark Dark Side is is interested in in getting with anybody. He just wants to fucking rule shit and kill people. It's, I don't know. I I am a buy. I I I think I'm really surprised. I, I want. It's a comic book that takes a chance, and I'm I'm all for that. No, I, I, I why you gotta say shit like that? Because <laughs> it's how I feel no god damn it no i'm saying why do you gotta make me agree with you because <laughs> i'm good at it i because i just oh man i don't know like i i a, a lot of it i just don't like it well that's fine oh man mm. i don't know I, to... I want to i want to like it way more than i do and i think that it's clunky as fuck uh, why are you gonna make me roll over on this you don't you all right go with your feelings i don't mm, i'm con- well my feelings are conflicted good that's good <laughs> thank you emperor palpatine no that no 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 that's good yes yes please breathe into the mic a little creepier <laughs> anakin everyone just closed their browser <laughs> that's fine <laughs> where are you seeing eric buy do not buy come on oh god it's so hard for me to, to 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 commit to either one let's just go by i'm i have a lot that i'm mad about this book about but mm, it's a mm. double 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 it's on the record now double buy female furies number one 
Our last book is Peter Cannon, Thunderbolt, number one, written by Kieran Gillen, art Casper Wingard, colors Mary Safro, letters Hassan Otsman Alhau. Kieran Gillen does does Watchmen. <laughs> it's because because it, it, now we have <laughs> we we had Lee Meyer doing it. Yep. Now Kieran Gillen does it. I mean, is everyone? I mean, Tom King wants to live inside the Watchmen. Oh wait, is there a? That's a nine-panel page. I mean, what is, <laughs> what is, what is, what is with everyone that has to fucking fan wank to 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 Watchmen? I mean, it is an excellent comic book, but good God, boys, let's let's just chill with this shit. But Eric, don't you, this one this time it's Ozymandias versus Ozymandias. Get it? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I I like this book. It's it's okay. I hey, I'm if it was someone I would probably be a little bit more hard on someone if on this book if it wasn't written by Karen Gillan. Mhm. Cuz I I trust in him of almost any current comic book writer to know what he's doing. To know the the arc, the scope of his story to understand pacing to understand to understand the themes to understand tone to understand watchmen and he i i've read a couple like an interview or two about him or him talking about this comic and what they're trying to do with it and it feels like he's he at least he he in his own mind i think he understands i can't just tell watchmen again i have to do something more than that and i feel like the the book is aiming for, if not more, at least different. By using the same kind of character archetypes, perhaps, and obviously, yeah, this dude is definitely just awesome, Andius. But he is one hundred percent, like zero percent different. But I'm, I, I, I want to see it. You know, I want to see this. I want if hey, if every it. I don't care. Every writer, that every comic book writer, if they want to do their own remix Watchmen, I'll probably give most of them a shot. It feels Warren Ellisy too. Like I get a planetary vibe. He's a he's a very um, yes. What is what is was it Frost? What was his first name? What can I think of his name, Robbie? You mean Snow? Oh yeah, Elijah Snow. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, Kieran Gillen Jimmy is Jimmy Coldboy. Kieran Gillen is an acolyte of Warren Ellis, so that makes yes. perfect sense. So, I mean, of course it's in there. Yeah. Um, but I, I, yeah, this is, I don't, it's not, I, it's not trying to hide anything about what it is. I think it is clearly like, hey, this is awesome, Manus. We want you to know that, but maybe it's more than that. And I think that's, I want to see what Kieran Gillen does with it. You know, that's. I I I enjoyed my time with this book. Yeah, exactly. I liked all these weird, dumb, C-stringer superheroes. I I like all the characters in this. I like the art in this. I I I I enjoy his writing mm-hmm. when it's not when it's not twee and precious and and fucking like talking about 60s close harmony girl groups <laughs> that's yeah i think that's l- literally exclusively the book that i can go i it is the well done but i'm no thank you no i do not yeah. not a big fan but everything else that karen Gilton has written 
I'm I like to love. He is. I mean, it doesn't matter what he does. He's he's technically one of the one of the most sound writers in all of comics. Yeah. Um, and no knows what the fuck he's doing. I I'm really interested to see how this story goes. Like I'm. This is this is one of the few books. This I mean, none of them have been outright bad when I look over like all of the books this time, but I mean, most of them, most of these over these past couple of weeks, I am not excited about the next issue. This one, I'm into it. This one, I want to see where this goes. I want to know more about these characters. I think this is going to be a, a book worth reading. Yes. I'm a buy as well. Straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Double buy Peter Cannon, Thunderbolt. Number one, that is our last book for floppies this week. We'll have more next time. I promise. I promise. But we can move on to our next segment. And it's time for checking in. Checking in is part of the show where Eric and I talk about what we've been up to the past couple weeks. What we've seen or played or read or done. Uh, recommend stuff to you or recommend anti-recommend stuff for you. Say, don't, don't do that. Don't do a thing. Don't use this product. We tried it and took the bullet for you. Uh, Sarek, how's it going? So, Robbie, what's up? I I have started painting a mural on a very frustrating uh, series of wood panels from Tampa Bay Fresh Fest. What's that mural about? It is a mashup of Jushin Thunder Liger, the legendary Japanese wrestler, mm-hmm. fighting monsters from Ultraman. Mm-hmm. The the popular over generations uh, television show from Japan. You ever see the Liger movie? Uh, th- that the uh, I have not seen it. No, but uh, that's what the Japanese is. It is literally the title of that film, which is like Fist of Thunder or something like that. But if you look at that photo that you saw on Facebook, mm-hmm. that is it. That is the, that is what I put on there. I just thought that. It looked neat that's and a, would look good that's painted a, on a wall. It's a fun movie. I'm sure it's good. Like, I think, um, I don't know. I want to know more about Liger. You know, I have to look up those matches that you told me to check out. I mean, he's the best junior heavyweight ever. If you look that at this. That's, that's, that's really saying a lot. I, I, my only, I mean, I only have seen him as an old man. Yeah. I, I mean, he's, he's, I don't know. He's not that old. What is he? He's 50, in his, maybe he's in his fifties. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean that's that is fucking ancient for yeah for professional a, uh, wrestlers. Uh, yeah, for a wrestler like the fact that him and 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 Suzuki and um, who's the fucking um, strong style guy that rolls his eyes? Like, why can't I think of his name? Nagata. Nagata. Yeah. Eugene, Eugene Nagata. Yeah. I mean, I Liger is yeah. If you look at his the breadth of the width of his career, I can't. I, it's hard for me to say anyone else is above, like maybe Ray Mysterio Jr. Mm-hmm. Like maybe that's the only competition he has. Um, but li- like literally, Liger was the best junior heavyweight ever in like the mid nineties, and then he had a tumor in his brain, got it taken out, and then went on to wrestle another twenty years. Jesus Christ! And that's it, like it's. 
you look at the 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 what he's done like over his entire career the the types of matches he's had the quality of matches he's had it's hard to argue otherwise and uh i was that your mural's really cool i'm excited it's gonna be it's gonna be fun it, it was i didn't really beat around the bush with ideas it basically came right to me and i don't know i'm still trying to figure out kind of thematically what my mural styles are gonna be if i'm gonna pursue more of them but this is I'm, I'm i'm eager to work on it more i feel pretty good about it and, and people are uh, giving me props they like it you know i for some reason i feel way more sensitive about, like someone will compliment a drawing or a screen print you know and i'm like yeah thank you but like i'm i have such imposter syndrome about my murals i i, I don't know that, I don't get a lot of bad feedback on them and, and I still feel like they're such garbage, but I'm, I'm eager to work on this one. I'm, I'm it's going to be a fun project by way of uh, fresh fest is uh, uh, next starts next Saturday, at least in terms of the, the festival part, but everyone is trying to get their mural work done over this week. I'm going to be putting in, some hours when I can ligering it up. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Um, I moved about 900 pounds of books to Clearwater. I am leaving my current home and moving to Clearwater. Is your internet books better there? Huh? Is your internet better there? Yes, it is. Good. Already a fan. <laughs> well... <laughs> Books are heavy, Robbie. Uh, books are. I. You were one hundred percent correct. I've moved plenty of books in my life. They are mm-hmm. extraordinarily heavy. I don't think you have as many books as I do. Total, probably not. I got I rid mean, of you, most you, of them. You, yeah, that's that's good. I mean, you know, I, I when I see the what I think of the bookshelves that you had in that Orlando house, you didn't really have that that many. I mean, it's mostly comic books at this yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, I had a, a ton of comic books too, but. I I still kept most of mine. I definitely threw away a bunch. Well, I'm definitely donating a bunch to the library and friends. I'll say that. I got, yeah, I, about three moves ago, I was like, we're moving a lot. Why am I carrying all these books around that I never read? Uh, if yeah. I need to read them, I will buy them on digital, which I can carry around and not have to, you know, carry with me to every place I live. Just- I I agree with that, but. I I appreciate comic books because in physical forms, because obviously they are a better read on paper, you know, ideally, you know, they're not, it's, we most, we read most of our stuff on digital because it is much easier for both of us to read it. But in an ideal world, I read all my comic books on paper, but also I don't want to buy single issues anymore. We don't, we only have, there's a lot of media and only so much space in the world. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you know the video game Advanced Wars? Advanced Wars, Eric. I was a big fan um, for the the original Game Boy Advance system. Well, there's a, there's a game called War Groove that came out on both PC and Switch and Xbox. Uh, I think last, I think this past week, which is, hey, you like Advanced Wars? Because that's what this is. 
it's 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 in not in name but and it is not it's it kind of medieval weaponry not uh, modern weaponry but it is advanced wars it is a tactical turn-based tactics game it is you know you you command some troops they all have different abilities different movement different attacks they they uh hit critical hits on different conditions uh you're trying to achieve different goals on your mission like hey i gotta go capture that town or i've got to go defeat this commander your commander units also have different abilities um you one of your commanders is a dog i mean all's right with the world there yes um also the dogs don't die they only they run away every all the other animal all the other units you have die and the little ghosts fly out of them (laughs) but the dogs just run away so that's that's nice. That's nice. I know that's I know that's really important to you. I mean, I like it. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. You I, you have said you have said multiple times how it upsets you uh, when they make you kill dogs in video games. I don't enjoy it necessarily. I like zombie this dogs. It's more like can, an FPS thing, but yeah, zombie dogs I can deal with because they're they already died. I didn't do it. They're already done. But any live dogs, I'm not a fan. Um, but it's it's that game. It is like you're in a fantasy world. You're a kingdom. It's being beset by all sides. You, there's, uh, I think, humans, vampire, undead people, um, plant people, and elves, I want to say, is the other the four different it needs, races. It needs orcs. I think they're trying to avoid the orc goblin kind of. I, mean, I don't I, think they should. Okay. Well, it's it. a little, little late, Eric. Um the, the no. game, the game's out. They don't, there's Send no works. There's no works. But it's that. It's that game. It's twenty dollars on Steam. I don't know how much it costs on the other platforms. I assume relatively the same. You might have to pay Nintendo tax if you want to get it on Switch. Um, but I like it. It's it's it, you know it, it look it looks super cute. Yeah, the art is it's pixel art. It is. Oh yeah. It is. It's Advance Wars again, and, and that's a good it's video a, game. And so is this. It's a Chucklefish game. The- it is creators of uh creators and or publishers don't remember which one of stardew publishers yeah um they also made starbound which is a it's terraria but in space and this is from them and it's good and i suggest to anyone who likes advanced wars anyone who likes turn-based tactical combat games it's right up your alley um the other thing i want to check in with is a book called the collapsing empire by john scalzi are you familiar with john scalzi or I I am I follow him on Twitter. I have a copy of Old Man's War in PDF that I'll probably never read. Okay, this is uh, his next series after that. Uh, it's called the Interdependency series book. I don't know how many books there are going to be total. There's two out right now. This is the first in that series called the Collapsing Empire. Um, it is. It was recommended by Warren Ellis in his newsletter, and the way he described it, it's full. It's a book full of dialogue and action and that has like a really like it's like i am like cut to the bone prose is something that i have a deep appreciation for and that this book has and scalzi is he writes a lot like warren ellis writes he has that same that kind of like that sense of humor that ellis has kind of dark and full of curses it it has that same kind of sense of humor. The world is really I like the world he's made, the sci- the science fiction world he's made, um, which has a, a certain a sense of mystery to the world itself. But 
the focus is not on that. The focus is on the characters, and that is what you're following, and I really appreciate that as well. That, hey, I, I have crafted this really interesting world with questions about how it works, but I'm not going to spend 800 paragraphs describing, you know, the how this library was built. Looking at you, Neil Stevenson. This is just like, hey, cut to the bone. What is, why is this person going to this place? They're doing a thing. We're getting to action. I think uh, I, I always like the, the cupcake argument. I don't think you can criticize Neil Stevenson for being Neil Stevenson because it's like kind of it's it's criticizing a cupcake for not being a whole cake. It's just a different thing. I would call Neil. I would say Neil Stevenson is the whole cake, while John Scalzi is the cupcake. No, Neil say. Stevenson is like no. He he is admittedly too much, but I. The books of his that I like, I like, and I, I don't think I would want them to be any less insane and technical. That's fair. I'm just saying you this can, book... You can, you can tease Neil Stevenson. I just think that to he does exactly what he's setting out to do, and I, and, and I, I, I appreciate what you're saying. I do think science fiction is better in general when it's not like, oh, let's talk about this underpinning and universe, and... The fucking like billions of laws of physics. Like this, not, it's in general not interesting. It's weird that Stevenson can't make it interesting. Forgive me for interrupting you. There's not much to say. I, I don't want to. I'm not gonna. It's a. It's. It is a. It is a book about the like. The title is very accurate. It is about a a, a human empire that is facing collapse and a lot of political maneuvering involving that. And it's very good prose is great i it, it's it's you know i i like reading cut to the bone prose because it is what i try and do a lot of the time i, I try to have as be as sparse as possible and that is what john scalzi does in this book and i recommend it anyone who has it who, who hasn't read john scalzi yet who is a sci-fi fan or even a dabbler in sci-fi as i am check it out there are two books in the series and i'm going to read the second one very shortly uh, I think that'll do it, Eric, for checking in. How's that sound? Word. Word? Good. Sounds, sounds beautiful. Great. We can move on to our final segment. It is time for Nerdbo Book Club. Nerdbo Book Club is the part of the show where Eric and I assign a longer collected work and discuss it in depth like you would a book in a book club, except it's a comic book in a comic book club. This is blowing my mind. Yeah. <sighs> This galaxy week, brain galaxy brain this week we are discussing upgrade soul by ezra clayton daniels a graphic novel mm-hmm. released in 2018 i don't i don't care um oh god well, i can't remember names today <sighs> i don't know sorry just continue <laughs> cut me being an idiot uh winner of the 2017 Dwayne mcduffie award for diversity in comics, as it says on the cover, um, it's a science fiction. It's science fiction. I would, I would say. I hope nothing that's in this book is real yet. About it is about at the on the broadest terms, it is about an aging couple who want to extend their lives with a new technology, and then complications arise. <laughs> to be to that's. That is understating it. They turn into, but they are semi 
cloned and turned into potato people. But I think there were like, I think they were like fetuses, right? Yeah, or they're, something. They're like they were weird, big babies. Yeah, but like super strong and intelligent, big babies with that with not fully they formed. Don't, they, they're they like, don't, yeah, they don't start super strong, but he gets. I don't know. I mean, that was the whole point was that they would be developed minus all of the detritus and bad things that I don't know, accumulate it, mm-hmm. it, it. It's an odd, weird idea. I think. I don't know. It's not, it's not. And it, that's just the way the book kind of gets into the stuff it's talking about, because it is not like the, the plot of the book is not necessarily the thing that's leading the way. The the I think the the focus of the book is largely on how do we define what a person is? How do we define identity? How do we sh- how do we define a well-lived life? And all like it, it's 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 in, this book is crazy and weird. But I feel like it's so crazy and weird. It's it's. I mean, I see what you're saying in terms of those themes. They're definitely in here, but there's, uh, I don't, I don't really come away from this book feeling like I've questioned or thought about any of those things. I just feel like I've been led through a fucking nutball story of weird, disturbing shit. Somehow, and, I, and somehow I enjoy it. So I'm, I'm not going to completely shit talk this comic it's 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 very good fuck god it's so weird it's very i mean that i like that's what i like about it honestly oh yeah yeah absolutely that it is it it is unapologetically insane like it doesn't it doesn't like i was i i certainly wasn't expecting this i like that literally the broadest that the the way i described this book's story in the broadest terms is all i knew about this book I knew nothing else about it, and I it was on a lot of best of lists, and I was like, this was it was on sale in Comicsology, and it looked neat. The art did. I didn't know what it was about. I knew other than it's an, a couple that loves you, an older couple, elderly couple that are that that love each other and have an opportunity to prolong their lives, and they do it, and then things happen, and that's all I knew. And this is not. I, this is not what I would expect, and that's I, that's always good. I always I generally like novelty and surprises, and not the obvious choices and artistic decisions. And this is definitely not obvious choices. There's zero percent obvious in this book. No, it is. It I, I don't know. I I that's I don't I I do think this book's crazy. But the thing that this book leaves me with is just kind of sadness. Yeah. It's it's sad, honestly. That's like there. It is really violent at times and disturbing, but mostly I just feel really sad. Mm-hmm. God, the scenes with Lena talking to her quote unquote sister, where she draws She's talking to the paper on the yeah, wall. Yeah, talking to the paper on the wall, and the, the I don't know. Like there is a lot of craft in this. There is a lot of work in the on the, on yeah on the the layers of not even like in the art itself, which is really beautiful in its own weird way. But mm. the the, the it's, what it's somewhere between like 
almost like triplets of Belleville, Sylvain Chomet, and um, God, something like Daniel Klaus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can you see know? that. You it, know, it, it's, God, it's so odd. It's very, very well drawn. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And But I mean, like, those... All those those all those parallels between all the characters, the you know the the of Lena and her her dead sister, and then Hank and Henry and and uh, Molly and Manuela, and the way that the the three sets of characters that are all the same but different, and the the way they the way that M- Molly and Manuela Manuela immediately understands, like the way that man that, that these two people who love each other and are married and have been married for their entire lives when they are reborn in these weird new bodies with perfect clarity of memory and basically perf- like unparalleled health like they're stronger than any human they are more they're less susceptible to diseases all that the only drawback is they look like weird potato babies um the, the less popular yeah. Uh, of the Cabbage Patch Kids line. <laughs> they they both, they come to exactly opposite conclusions about what they are in their new form. Because Manuela, in, uh, very quickly, comes to the conclusion, I am not my memories. I am not Molly. The 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 uh, the other lady that I know is me or was me, who is now old and f- like incredibly f- frail and fragile after this procedure because they 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 they're they're like in the beginning of the story both like main characters are like they're old but they're relatively okay you know they're they can get around like uh uh Hank's playing basketball. Mm-hmm. So enough. He he's sore and aching and complaining after he's done, but he can do it. You know, he can bounce the ball around and shoot hoops. But when after the procedure, they are like emaciated and fragile and about to fall apart, it seems. And despite that fact, and they can't remember anything because they've kind of transferred all their all their soul to this other new form. And the new Molly, the Manuela immediately almost like within days it seems or at least i mean they jump they do jump through time a bunch several times so it's i don't think it's that short a time but very quickly rose i am not the sum of my memories you know that lady that's lying in bed who can barely get around that's her that's that's me truly like this new me is just a construct that they've thrown her memory the memories into and made me smarter but I'm, it's not, I like, and yet Henry comes to the exact opposite conclusion. He wants to kill Hank, while Manuela kills herself to save Molly. And Manuela realizes that that accrual of trauma, of pain, of experience on her body is just as important, if not more important, than just plain old memories. That yeah, I remember meeting Hank for the first time. That you know they they have those scenes together when you get the two the two pairs together. I like them so much. They're so good it, because one for how how Molly and Manuela are like so nice and kind to each other. They feel like they're sisters, except they're closer than that. 
And while Hank and Henry are openly antagonistic towards each other. I don't know. And the fact that you see both these arguments about, in this weird hypothetical situation, which one of these is them? And which one isn't? And I, which, you know, which which is the real ship of Theseus? Exactly. And I don't know. I, I I don't know. As I have gotten older, and I have begun to accrue injuries and things that just don't get better. You know, like I my wrist. I hurt my wrist doing. I, I don't know, riding my bike or something. I think I was mm-hmm. I was riding my bike and I hurt my wrist. Now I've been wearing a brace on it for like oh three weeks. And I'm like, I after like I used to I I feel like when I was a 17 year old kid, I hurt my wrist the next day. It didn't matter what I did. Unless I broke it, it would be fine, yeah. be completely fine again. And now I'm so like I wore the brace initially for like three days and it started feeling better. So I took the brace off and then immediately it started hurting again. I'm like, oh, God, I not I'm not a child anymore. I am older and now injuries do not heal fast. It takes time. And just thinking, that was on my mind the entire time I was reading this book. And thinking about, like, yeah, like, both Molly and Hank are, have, like, are, like, their history of injuries. And, like, they talk about wiping that clean in the very beginning of the book and how, like, uh, the scientist guy uh, is like, yeah, well, you'll, you'll be free of them. And that erases them. You take away that from a person, that's not them anymore. Because you are some of, like, it's a, you are the sum of your trauma. And that's not, like, it's not fun to think about it that way, but it, I think it's true. You can't just be your unparalleled potential. Because it's not you anymore. And God, I don't know, like, I don't, Henry is like the, 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 the perfect example of that. He's not. He's not good. He that he crushes that dude's jaw. It's really it's it's fucking visceral. Really, it's, it, it's hard to look at. It really is. It's really. I keep looking at it too. It's I mean, so I, weird. It it really like there's the violent. There's not a lot of violence in this book. There's very little, honestly. But when I it mean, happens, compared to like Wolverine in Hell or something, yeah. I mean, in the, for the breadth of this book, how long it is, there's not that many scenes of violence. Yeah, it, it is very sparse. But when it does happen, it is very upsetting. Mm-hmm. And it is even more upsetting because it is done by the little little potato babies. It is done when it's done by Henry in particular. It is even more frightening because you see him as something that's so vulnerable when he is like talking about his future with uh with Lena and then you see that no he is no better than any he's worse than us because he now he takes this new form as like almost like prophecy he takes this new form meaning like like he's magneto or something where he's like, yeah, I, I because I am stronger and because I'm smarter now, I have I have the right to do this. It it really it worked really well for me, and I lo- I the thing that I still think I'm little 
a little interest. I'm really interested in the. I I kind of want to reread it just because I wonder if there's something in that comic book story line that's supposed to be read into into the rest of the story. The fact that they they never updated the character, right? Mm. Of Slain, which is the character that's given to Hank and Cliff, his brother, from their father. Father is the creator of the comic book character, is very popular, and Hank is the one that continues working on it and continues writing the stories. And it's never changed, really. It's it's always stayed the same. And then and uh, Henry is very critical of that. And I'm I'm like I, I'm like trying to draw parallels between them. And it's it's like they don't upgrade. They don't ever upgrade Slain. He stays the same. And I feel like that's another parallel of mm-hmm. of Hank. You know, Hank. Even though Hank is the one that initially wants to do this, he's the one who wants to take the risk. This book is very green. Yeah, that might even be why it makes me think of Sylvan Chomay. I'm just looking. I'm just looking at like the the all the pages all at once, and it's yeah. it, there's a lot of green in it. I like it, honestly. It's yellows and greens. Green's a soothing color. It's it, it's a it's a it's a, a nice green. It's not like a dookie green. <laughs> no, I like the art a lot, even though it's not. It's not appealing, as you would say, Eric. Yeah, it, it's it's got an interesting kind of appeal. It's drawn kind of ugly on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, Chomay's that way. Triplets of Belleville's that way. It's, it's very much not meant for a broad audience. This is not a Disney cartoon. Are you sure? The Disney version of this would be really weird. I think I don't know. I I like Lena a lot. Yeah. I really enjoy her too. She's my favorite. I mean you see someone like her, you just want her to you just want her to be happy. You know? Mm-hmm. She's had a hard time. Yeah. It's um it it can't be easy going through life like that. I mean, and her brother's also a complete shithead. Mm. Yeah, well. Do you think it's trying to make a statement about science at all? No, I think that's a a pretty beat up trope. It's almost like talking about science in fucking science fiction movies. Because I don't think that there there are not really scientists that are like this guy. This is this is basically it's the same. It t- it takes the same uh, perspective as Jurassic Park does. I don't know. I like Doctor Hammond a lot more than this guy. Mm, he's optimistic. This guy, I don't know. He wants to do good. Doctor Hammond never steals eggs from his own sister, un- and, and she's not aware of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, taking I'm stuff not from saying that he does, but it's still I don't know. Taking stuff from animals, I think, is a different thing than a real life person. That's kind of I. It's it, 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 when that reveal happened, it went to like, oh, I hope, uh, I hope Henry just kills that dude. I don't really think Kalos. I don't think he's a. Well, there's not. There was nothing left that like I. I. There are parts of the story where I was kind of half rooting. For, like I was like, oh, I kind of want them to succeed. 
you know, I want this to to this science quote unquote experiment. I want it to to pan out in the end. But at that point, I go, oh no, I don't. I want him to fail, and I don't care what gets caught up in it because it's just it, it crosses that line of like so unethical um, that I can't like kind of stomach it. <laughs> I don't know that I had too many feelings or reactions to characters. Like, I'm not having a clear recollection of any of that. It was just it was just being shown bewildering weirdness. Hmm. I would say that the story itself is not ever too that complicated. No, it's, it's not. It's pretty linear most of the time. And even the flashbacks, you understand it's a flashback. You know, there's there's mm-hmm. pretty clear demarcation when you're not looking at the present. It's very obvious. Um, it's it, it, it's it it's weird, but it's not Twin Peaks. I think like that's a it's a thing that I don't really appreciate very often i don't like it i don't like it when it's i'm like hey for the sake of confusing you i'm going to show you things that don't make any sense and you have to make it you have to make it make sense yeah david david lynch is just like almost belligerently he's a not even non-linear i don't know it's all like allegorical and weird and it's the kind of storytelling that i dislike the most and and this di- is this is definitely not that. No, and I think like I think a lot of people get that Im- that that image from certain kinds of books, like certain kinds of graphic novels, where you go, oh, it's going to be weird and it's going to be hard to understand. And no, I you understand perfectly well what's happening, even with the weird potato babies. You're you're like, okay, that weird potato baby is her, and that uh, that weird potato baby is him, and obviously they have their relationships with each other, and it's symbiotic. It's never they. It's never confusing. Um, page layouts are pretty straightforward, which I think is, again, kind of necessary in a story that's covering such a weird subject matter. I think it is helpful to be, like, kind of grounded and just have very plain pages that, exp- that are just clearly demonstrating what's happening. Um, you never, I'm never confused by what's going on. That's a strength. Um, I, but I, I just kind of feel sad at the end. Because, yeah, poor, poor Henry don't make it, and well, he does. I guess he'll get better, theoretically. But it's still kind of sad that they, that they lost Cliff and Lena went through all that nightmare. But I mean, I guess Lena's getting out from it, right? She's she's getting, she's getting out of the purview of her brother. It, it seems like it because he's going to jail. Hopefully, well, whatever it is, he can't say no. <laughs> God. It's so awful. <laughs> the, 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 it's just that, and it's just so. It's he's like the Terminator at that in that scene. Yeah, where like it doesn't matter what you do, he's just gonna break you. Mm-hmm. He's it is, and it's that's like it's like a moment of genuine horror in this book, which I appreciate. I don't know. I, I like I like this book quite a lot. I I would definitely recommend it. It is good. It is unmixed goodness. It is you. You are you are not wrong that it is very hard to not walk away. I mean, it's a it's a fucking tragedy. I think 
the very fact that at the end, like I am, I feel empathy for like weird little potato guys sells the strength of the 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 writing and the presentation. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not easy to because they're not they don't look human at all. They look they look like they look like Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> I mean, they they just they just look like fetuses to me. That's what a that's what a human being at, at one point used to look like. It's it's gross. You used to be a Mr. Potato Head, Robbie. Yeah, but I kept going. Yeah. Was there any be Would there any be anyone you didn't recommend this to? I don't think that this is a book that everyone should read. <laughs> um, I, I'll say this. I mean, or else I'll, I'll say that. Like it, it, it is. It is very strange, and you have to be. You have to be okay with violence and and stories that make you feel kind of crappy. Um, I think the comparison to Klaus really makes a lot of sense because it does seem like Klaus storytelling. It's a lot like let's be in this world. And then when you're done, you're just supposed to feel kind of vaguely sad. This does feel kind of like that. I, this has this has an arc. I mean, I mean, it's not like Klaus doesn't. No, I um, I would say that most I feel uh, empathy for certain characters in this. Uh, Klaus, I generally mm-hmm. don't like anyone. I oh gen- no, his his characters are completely unlikable. There is more depth in pretty much every character in in this. Um, I don't know. I I here I'm gonna say. But everyone should read this. I think you're going to have a lot of people that are like, this is weird and I don't like it. I think you're better off reading something that's weird and you don't like it sometimes. You should try and expand. I think it's some. It's a, a guiding tenet of this podcast, honestly. So, I don't know. I'm going to counter that. Oh, no. By telling you a small anecdote oh, about good. how my friend, my friend Matt... Okay. Who is a a, a prog a prog rock and metal guitarist? Okay. Really, very talented musician. Um, and he took his mom <laughs> to see Rush. Oh, okay. And she did not like it. She was very confused, and the way she described it was, "It's all music." Those three words: "It's all music." <laughs> This book is all music, Robbie, and your mom is not going to like it. My mom doesn't read comic books, so she doesn't get she doesn't get it. Well, uh, this 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 is what I'm saying. This is not a book for all comic book readers. I think think that the 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 scope for this is this is not a story. This is not my favorite thing. Is monsters where like every vaguely artistic person that I know I'm going to run off and, and, and be like, you have to read this. You have to read this comma, the most exciting thing in comics. This is to me, not the most exciting things in comics. It is a truly like, I think it is a very, very good, possibly even excellent, uh, comic. It is definitely doing something weird. I am glad that it exists. I can. Uh, this is still a book that I recommend to my weird artistic friends. Um, I, I would. I would say, Eric, mm-hmm. to double counter what you just said. I'm not going to tell anecdotes about Rush. 
that's the, much to your detriment. <laughs> but I would argue, I mean, I love it. my favorite thing is monsters. Uh, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm super excited for the second book. I would, ar- I would probably say that this, I would recommend it to the same people I'd recommend that to and, and still expect some people to bounce off of it. But and I would say it doesn't matter because I think it's good enough to still recommend it to everyone. I don't think it's as good as my favorite thing is monsters, because um, I think my favorite thing is monsters is a little bit like. Well, I mean, we did talk to that talk about that book for like an hour and a half on an episode of the podcast. God, did we really? It was a very. Long, it was. I mean, it it merits it. It merits a lot of discussion because it's so deep. And it's I think a that, thoroughly excellent book. Yes, exactly. But I think th- this book is much more straightforward, and I think it's more and it's it's a little it's a that's the thing because I think the story of this is weirder than my favorite thing is monsters. But I think my favorite thing is monsters is much more challenging to read. This is sim- very simple to read. I think I think most people who've read a comic book can understand what's happening in this. I think in my favorite thing is monsters, it's more challenging because you're like because of the way that it's created in a way it's crafted which i still applaud but i do think it's more challenging to a, a reader in general even though the story content is relatively it's like hey it's a, this girl and her favorite thing is monsters um this book is kind of i don't know my favorite thing is monsters is also quite visceral at times you know with all the nazi stuff that the surprise nazis um mm-hmm. i don't know i I do say that, like, yeah, there's a sci. It's a weird sci-fi story. So obviously, people who don't like weird sci-fi stories probably won't like it. I would still say give it a shot if you have the opportunity. If you want to read a little something that's a little strange, but is still, I find it deeply affecting. And I, it, I, I don't, I don't like Daniel Clouds largely, and because I think that I don't think the melancholy is earned in Daniel Clouds. Mm-hmm. I think the melancholy in this is earned. Which is, I think, the distinction, because Daniel Klaus is largely concerned some concern stories concerned with like disaffected youth and you know disaffect disaffected people, and this <laughs> this this book is like people like literally losing their souls to little fetus potatoes, and having to deal with one that turns into the Terminator and God, ugh, weird, very strange. His poor mouth. Yeah, it's pretty fucked. Ugh. And he grabs his Cliff's leg and he just squeezes. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh. No. It's, it's, Don't do that. It's pretty harsh. Why are you doing that? Don't do that to a guy. His leg. He needs that. He wants to play basketball. He's the new basketball coach. You don't need your legs to coach. True, but him walking is much more impressive psychologically to the opposing team as they cover in the book. <laughs> But, I mean, you do need to be alive to coach, and unfortunately he does not make it. Mm-hmm. So... That is that is indeed a part of that, um, the things that you need. Yeah, be a, a, a heart that beats, and you need that to be a coach. Don't know any deceased coaches that still coach. Usually they get replaced by living. I don't know what we're talking about anymore. Um, I think Upgrade Soul is really good. You should read it. It's my final review. Final thought. Oh, that poor dog, too. I forgot about that poor little dog. Eric, that poor little dog. That little... It's a little suitcase dog. Oh, that's so upsetting. There's that big perfect dog, and then the little suitcase dog. Oh, yeah, that was really... 
very disturbing, wasn't it? Yeah. That they have to give it little gel things just to keep it alive. Oh god. It's a real pitiful little thing, wasn't it? It, it really was. That's Upgrade Soul by Ezra Clayton Daniels. Uh next next episode we are gonna be reading Why Art by Eleanor Davis. And that's a question, Eric. Mm-hmm. Why art? Why? You're not asking art. No. You're asking why art in the first place? Why do we make art? In the same manner that you would ask why not Zoidberg? Why art? Why art? We'll be reading and discussing that next episode. Be talking about it. I'm looking forward to it, as always. I expect less potato babies than that. I expect none, honestly. I no one no one expects potato babies. That's a did that is that the first pass of the Monty Python sketch? I I don't know. I'm, I'm just gonna say it doesn't. No one expects it. <laughs> okay, uh, that'll do it for us. We got the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour dot com. Links to everything there on Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour, Twitter at HBC Hour. You can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. If you like the show, please give it a good review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Uh, subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your other friends who read comic books. Uh, those things help. They help find us new listeners, and we appreciate it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? What a great, amazing, important question. You can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. And you can see most of the things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Twitter, where I'm known as Easy Goodnight, and my Instagram, where I'm known as the same. Should have said that. Well, that we'll call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll. Rock and roll.